0: We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. Uh, it give us the life. Live. The reality is, He is
1: all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God.
2: Good morning and welcome to Real Presence Live. My name is Janine Bitson. And my name is Teresa Curley. And we're so grateful that you've tuned in to listen this morning across our 10 Diocese area, or five-state area, is just a great day in the Midwest. Beautiful weather and so much to be grateful for. Right,
1: Teresa? Absolutely. It's crazy how quickly the summer has flown by, but it's just a reminder of the grace that's to be found in every season. So I'm oh, excited cool. for today's show. Amen. Amen. Yeah, it's a beautiful fall morning and uh, we're, we're not wanting to
2: let go of summer, but when it's sunny and beautiful like this, it's like, oh, it makes it a little easier, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, with everything we do at Real Presence Live, uh, we begin in prayer, and so I'd like to share a little reflection uh, from Pope St. or Pope Benedict the Sixteenth today. That's in the Magnificat, and then we'll follow that with prayer. Uh, It is uh, the memorial of the Most Holy Name of Mary today, and Pope Benedict the Sixteenth says, "We reference the Most Holy Name of Mary." because of a name bespeaks who a person is. As the Immaculate Mother of God, Mary is, to the depth of her soul, most holy. To say her name is to utter a word of hope, a word that proclaims our salvation. For Mary was created and predestined to be the mother of our Savior. She invites us to call upon her name frequently and persistently, For she delights to hear and answer our prayers. I invite everyone to become a trusting child before Mary, even as the Son of God did. And so I just think it's really important, Teresa, that we pray the Hail Holy Queen. Absolutely.
1: Hail Holy Queen, Mother of mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To you do we cry, poor banished children of Eve you do we send up our sighs mourning and weeping in this valley of tears turn then most gracious advocate thine eyes of mercy towards us after this our exile shown to us the blessed fruit of your womb jesus o clement o loving o sweet virgin mary pray for us o holy mother of god that we may be made worthy of the promises of christ our lady of grace pray for us amen the Father, Son and Holy
2: Spirit amen. amen well, that's just uh so important for us as as Catholics you know to to really develop that relationship with our mother, our holy mother um everything she did in her life and continues to do it always points to. To Jesus, her son. It always points to God. It's never been about her, right?
1: Right. Yeah, she just answers with a joyful yes, to everything that the Lord asks. And honestly, that's one of the reasons I love Real Presence Live, is we get an opportunity to talk with people who have said a joyful yes and are following him in today's day and age. And we have an amazing guest in the studio right now who has given a yes. Nathan Carr, thanks for joining us today. Yeah,
3: it's a pleasure to be back on the show. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's always wonderful to have
2: someone from St. Paul Newman Center join us, and there's so many exciting things going on over there. Oh,
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> we uh, we have had a very busy start to our, our fall outreach season and, and the start to the year, so it's been a lot of fun.
2: Well, great. Well, before we find out all those exciting things going on, tell us a little bit about yourself, Nathan. Yeah,
3: so I'm the Director of Campus Ministry at St. Paul's Newman Center, so I oversee anything that has to do with outreach to the campus. Um uh, our focus team, we have a great focus team this year. so we work very closely with all the good outreach and evangelization that they do. Uh, we have a team of peer ministers, so uh, eight paid students that uh, really, I call on my operations team of the Newman mm-hmm. Center, anything that you see you know in terms of our programming, service opportunities, um, you know Buck Lux, any of the things that we do, there's a peer minister behind that the mm-hmm. scenes of that making that work. and and really, there there are leaders. They're the ones that we get to build up, and um, they're hopefully going to be the future leaders of the church as well. As they, you know, learn a lot uh, over the course of their time as a peer minister and, and learning ministry and different, um, you know, uh, leadership uh, skills that that they'll actually grow into the leaders of the church for wherever the Holy Spirit's going to call them um, in their vocation.
2: Oh, that's that's really fantastic. It's uh, it's quite a, a a place over there. I guess uh, words can't come out of my mouth to tell how grateful I am for what it meant to my kids when they were right. there. Um, it's just really incredible. I mean, our two sons are married to two beautiful, you know, women they met at right. the Newman Center, right, so a lot right. of that yeah. happens over there. <laughs> and, and, it,
3: and it's so fun to see the the wedding season end of it, um, <laughs> because we just kind of came out of last year's you know crop of weddings that uh, uh-huh. came over the summer. It is so much fun to to see them and uh, see so many holy marriages being formed. And, and we sent Five men to the seminary from from last year's group, and uh, hopefully there's there's more in the works for this year.
2: That, that is wonderful. Uh, definitely, the students at the NDSU Newman Center they they find their vocation. They're at least discerning right. it, and, and uh, that's really special. So, tell us, Nathan, about the Saint Paul. Newman Center and how the building project's going?
3: Yeah, the building project is coming along. So this this year is kind of a watershed moment for us in that we're in the facility, uh, everything but the chapel itself. So um, so we have the administrative wing open to us, but we also have now our social hall. Um, and we have a temporary chapel set up in a portion of that social hall. Uh, but then all the common, student common areas. So the student lounges, uh, the coffee shop is now open. So Crux Coffee, come by, get a, get a cup of coffee. That's open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 2 p.m.
2: That's exciting. Yeah,
3: it is, yeah. And so it's, it's just fun to see all these elements. You know, the library, we have that open. So we even have some students starting to, uh, make that their study home, um, you know, in the evenings and in between classes. So it's been a lot of fun and very exciting exciting to see the students settling back into their Newman Center after not having it for so many years.
2: Mm-hmm. That is and and how how have you been welcoming the students back? I mean yeah. campus just Got geared up, and
3: so we we always have a robust fall outreach offering. Uh, we start it by taking all of our student leaders, and we took around forty five to maybe fifty of them um, to Abbey of the Hills in South Dakota to uh, have a student leader retreat. And it's really two to three days where we take them aside and get them focused on outreach, evangelization, series of talks, but also just fellowship with one another, so that they can click as a group mm-hmm. and kind of come back together after being away over the summer. And then that leads right into uh, events for about two weeks straight every day we have some major events so we had our volleyball and watermelon it was always a huge hit <laughs> uh, i think we had over 200 almost 250 people show up for that uh, we do any number of different tabling events on campus um, ultimate frisbee we did uh, a dance and a root beer kegger uh, in the social so that was the first (laughs) dance we got to have so uh, every day there was something else and um, we registered 600 students with us this year which is just fantastic i think it it more than doubled uh, our last year's number at this time and uh, hopefully that translates into students joining bible studies Mm -hmm. taking part in liturgical ministries uh, taking part in service opportunities all of the great things that we do throughout the year, eventually we want to engage those students so that they become a permanent part of their community and start really listening to what is God calling me to as an individual.
1: Are a lot of these events that are going on, are they student-led or are they mostly led by the ministry team? Um, a, a little bit of both,
3: right. So, And that's where we, you know, we, with our... Focus team and peer ministry team. It's really both. So we have our paid staff that obviously we're working full time. So we have a maybe a greater bandwidth to help plan and and execute some of these. But the students are heavily involved, and especially as the year gets going, they make more of the decisions as far as uh, what that event is going to look like, how they want to approach it, and we get to kind of start to step back a, a few few steps and let them take the lead and be out front.
1: Gotcha. Hmm. Now, I'm really curious when you said 600 new students enrolled, mm-hmm. are those mostly, well, pro- they're probably mostly Catholic, but do you have any interfaith people uh, enrolled a in the center? Oh,
3: oh, yeah, yeah. And, and in fact, on our registration card, we have any number of faiths and other religions on there. So we do even get, I mean, a fair amount of, of Lutherans and non-denominational Christians, um, but we also get uh, the occasional Hindu or Muslim mm-hmm. that also mm-hmm. registers. They encounter us, and they're curious, uh, and some, sometimes we get to engage them, and sometimes it was just maybe a passing thing. They didn't want to tell us no when we, we asked them to register <laughs> in passing. So um, really time will tell as, as to the authenticity of, of how much they want to be involved, but the invitation is there. We call every single one of the students that registers with us to give them a personal invitation to something.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and that is so beautiful because that's what we're called to do as evangelists, as, you know, gospel living people is to invite and be, it, it's not always the words we say, it's the actions we show. Right. And, and so there's got to be a healthy amount of that. Uh, but in the end, ultimately it's God who converts, it's God Absolutely. who calls, and, uh, and that's what's so beautiful. For sure. Yeah. So, Nathan, you know, tell us, you know, just there's a lot of really cool events that are going on this year, right. and so we can't, like, unpack all of them. But what are some of the things that are coming up in this next week that yeah. you have news to share?
3: So this week, we have a really busy week planned. Um, Wednesday, we have Sister Mar Grace from the Nashville Dominicans joining us. Uh, she's going to be speaking at our Bison Catholic Night, uh, which is our main formation night every week. She's going to be talking about um, the, the spiritual practice of fasting. Mm-hmm. So that'll be really great. And we, we've been getting... Seventy-five to a hundred of our students showing up to that formation night uh, for the first few weeks that we've had it this year, and then Thursday we have a speaker coming in whose name is Dennis Gillen, and this one is actually open to the public. There's no charge. Uh, there will be a social hour starting at six thirty, uh, and that with a keynote talk at seven, and he'll be talking about suicide prevention. Um, so his. Um, Talk that he's giving is entitled A Journey Towards Recovery. He actually suffered uh, the loss of two of his siblings Mm. uh, from suicide. Mm. And so he tells that story and he does it, uh, you know, in a way that he kind of weaves in. Uh, the more positive elements of what he learned and even sprinkles in a little humor in there if you can imagine a a talk on on suicide recovery having some humor. But um, it's going to be a great talk. It's sponsored also by uh, Agathos Bio, so a local biotech startup company, and that was a great collaboration Mm -hmm. um, between the two entities. So they're doing some good work researching ethically derived stem cell lines and things that can be used for different therapeutic development that aren't tainted by maybe some of the moral uh, aspects the aborted fetal lines are. So they're doing some great work, and they're a great collaborative partner with the Newman Center. So um, so I think it's going to be a great talk, and we can't wait to welcome Dennis in, and hopefully we can fill the seats. So anybody in the public that wants to come, uh, please stop by the Newman Center.
2: So then when you say fill the seats, where is the actual event being yeah, hosted?
3: We'll, we'll have it up in our social hall, so we'll set up, and we'll have capacity for a little over 200 people for the event. So um, we're really hoping to... to have a lot of uh, a lot of people in that seat. So anybody in this the Fargo Moorhead area, or Grand Forks, or anybody that wants to drive in for it, it is open to the public.
2: Oh, well, that's that is wonderful. It's such an important thing for all of us to, you know, just be more knowledgeable. You know, on I mean, right. I think there's many of us uh, that have been touched in some way, shape, or form by a friend or a family member who um, we've lost. Because right. of mental illness, and, and it's just really um, in a church setting, in a in a, a Catholic setting, can really bring a lot of comfort and hope and and direction.
3: Yeah, and and I think hope is the key word. There is that we live in a very challenging time right now. Um, you know, deaths of despair just statistically are way up, and the culture, the secular culture, does not do well for human flourishing. They don't. They don't lead people in a way that uh, allows them to uh, live that flourishing lifestyle or to find that true happiness and, and interior peace. And so it's not, not surprising as people turn away from God on a larger scale and live a more materialistic life that some of these other things are coming up. So we should be leaders and trying to outreach them and get them connected with that virtue of hope and, and inspire that within them. Um, because it's not a a hopeless situation. There's a lot of meaning and a lot of life uh, Mm -hmm. and hope to be lived.
2: Well, that that is, uh, again, just thank you for all the work that you're doing there. We're going to have to take a quick break, but on the other side of the break, we'll continue our conversation with Nathan Carr, uh, St. Paul Newman Center. He's right here in studio in Fargo with us, and he's the director of campus ministry at the Newman. So we'll take a quick break and be right back.
0: You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network.
1: And thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. I'm Teresa Curley, and I'm Janine Bitson. And we're broadcasting from the studio in Fargo, North Dakota. And before the break, we were speaking with Nathan Carr, who's the director of the St. Paul's Newman Center here in Fargo. And he was sharing with us a little bit about an event they have going on on suicide awareness and prevention. And Nathan, something you were speaking about uh, before the break was this idea of hope and flourishing and just how amid the darkness of suicide and just like the rates that are going up Mm -hmm. there's there's something to hope for and there's a way to flourish and so what i'm really curious about is so you have all these incredible events going on right but what are some of the other ways that the newman center is helping students learn how to flourish as a college student right
3: so one of the things that we're doing this year is um, just from a strategic standpoint is, is trying to uh, define what we believe as a community and a culture. So as our mm-hmm. Newman Center culture, what are the, the things that we primarily believe in and we're trying to form in our students? And so um, over the course of prayer and discernment, we came up with seven different key cultural beliefs that um, a lot of our ministries and our programs are going to be embedded around. So those seven things are holiness, hospitality, evangelization, leadership, dignity creativity and discernment Mm -hmm. so these are the seven primary areas that when we plan an event or we bring in a speaker or we try to develop some creative content uh, whether it's on our podcast or a talk that we're giving uh, that, that we're trying to really ask ourselves what of these seven things are we trying to build and grow within our our students? Because culture is really that soil that we grow in. Um, And so as human beings, um, the environment around us and the influences around us, and then principally what we profess that we believe is going to have a huge impact on what's going to grow within us. So um, we, we put holiness as number one for the obvious reason is that's where it starts and it ends. That's, mm. that's kind of the point of all of it. And so through sacramental preparation, liturgy, um, and then all of our formation talks as well. We have a, a systematic formation uh, plan with our Bison Catholic Night formation that when our students come through that, they're going to get sort of this authentic and full view of the human person that what, it, what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be in relationship? What am I called to by my baptism? And, and so on and so forth. And it's a two-year cycle, so we go through a number of different topics so that when they walk away, uh, they've been introduced to all of the, the key areas of the spiritual life and the, just living in a human way and in a relational way that is going to build them up into that, that human flourishing, so help get the behaviors and develop the habits and the virtues that always will result in human happiness because that's the end of the moral life. Ultimately, is that pursuit of happiness mm-hmm. and that attainment of human happiness.
1: What a like radical view in today's modern culture. You know, just like those seven things you mentioned aren't necessarily what the world is focusing no, on. No, right not now. at
3: all, and, and that's it. I mean, the world is very selfish and individualistic in nature Mm -hmm. and our students and and not just our students all of us are meant to be a gift Mm -hmm. that's where we're going to find our fullest self um and and so i think when we think of that sincere gift of ourself back to the other whoever that is whoever we're encountering whether it's a family member a friend a stranger on the street It's that sincere gift of self where actually, and and maybe paradoxically to the world, we find ourselves, that we gain something, that we achieve the happiness that that we want to achieve, that that our hearts long for.
2: And and that is so true because when you look at a lot of the unhappiness or the the self-hate that goes on or the um, lack of feeling like... they're worth anything. You know, it's because of what the world has given them. You know, we live in such a, my favorite thing, I kind of came up with this, and maybe someone else has come up with it too, Holy Spirit inspired, I'm hoping, but criticism isn't a gift to the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. It only suppresses it, right? Right. You know, it it just is very, very difficult, and we live in a a world that um, everything is so critical about anyone's actions or being. Right. And that's not who Jesus is, you know? Right. I mean, he came to save us, not condemn us, right? Right,
3: absolutely, and,
2: yeah. And that's what's so cool about human flourishing and helping people understand that they are a child of God, you know, right, right, right here and now. And yeah. then you help and take it so that they understand yeah. how beautiful of a creation they are.
3: And it's so, it's so fascinating to watch that light click on in these students' lives, because a lot of them, they're coming really out of the secular culture. They're not necessarily coming from um, deeply devout Catholic families. Maybe they were raised nominally Catholic, but uh, they haven't been, you know, maybe on um, the ideal path all the way. And... To see it start to click on and to see that conversion happen, that about face, that deep-seated metanoia happen within them (laughs) is one of the most exciting things. Because once it clicks on for them and they start not doing it because someone told them they have to do it, but because this is the only thing that their heart desires, this person Jesus, when they meet him and he transforms their life. They leave everything, they follow him, and it's so fantastic.
2: It, it is, and and I think sometimes, you know, you talk about they come from maybe not the best upbringing or um, from a secular world, but it can also happen where they've had a bad experience with other right. Catholics themselves, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, and then it's like, whoa, you know, what that Catholic person did is really hurtful and... Maybe this isn't where I want to be. And so, and that's what you can help too is help people understand it's not, you know, the church is broken with a bunch of broken people. We're we're sinners. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. But then when you unveil the real truths and the beauty of the sacramental life and and what they're called and meant to be, um, those those things you learn how to forgive and you learn how to move forward, right? Right. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. And, I think, uh, you know... Um,
2: There's only two perfect people who walk right, the earth, yeah, right? Exactly.
3: <laughs> Jesus and our Blessed Mother. Exactly. And it's, it's, um, you know, we're, we all have a past, and we're all trying to make a um, that deeper commitment. It's a daily task for every one of us. To see them, though, um, come together in authentic friendship is a huge element in that, because they realize, one, that they're surrounded by their peers... Who also long for the same thing. Mm-hmm. And when they see that, all of a sudden they don't, all these misconceptions, all these sort of caricatures the world is given towards the faith and towards our blessed Lord, those kind of dissolve away when they see the life that they're being given with one another uh, in relationship.
2: Oh, that is that is so beautiful, Nathan. So, why would you encourage college students? I think you've said it in several right. different ways, but you know, how would you encourage college students in the area to get involved in Newman? You have grandmas listening today. You mm-hmm. have parents. You know, uh, maybe give them some ideas on how they can um, encourage.
3: Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So we uh, have so many different offerings in the. Um, you know, like for example, we have our, our weekly Buckluck meal. It's simply a meal after our 5 p.m. mass on Sundays. And uh, we've been averaging around 150 plus, And I think our largest so far this year is 219 people showed up for it. So great turnouts for it. And it's just a good time. It's, a, it's basically a free meal for the students. Come out, get a bite to eat, meet some other people that um, are just in the, the local community and just see that life. Come and see and that's probably the easiest thing, that it's not an obligation to sign up for a Bible study necessarily or to commit to um, you know finding a different place to live or anything like that. Just come and see, and then if that life is attractive to you, follow it. So it's not, it's not one of those things that people have to sign on the dotted line necessarily. I, I really have the firmest belief and the greatest confidence that when they see the community and they see the life, that's lived within this. That's going to do all the work for them to convince them that that this is where they want to be.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, what would you say to someone who's listening and is like, "Oh, that sounds really good, but I'm terrified. That's overwhelming." Right. Well, right. how would you encourage them to join? So,
3: uh, w- one thing they can do if they're just. A little bit uneasy about just walking through the door, and um, they can always register with us. So go to org, and there's a button right at the top says register, and we'll do the work to reach out to you to invite you to something. And mm-hmm. if it's if you're afraid of big crowds, no worries. We can definitely just do a one-on-one meeting so that we can kind of ease a person into um, the community because it can be intimidating walking into a room where you think you're the only one that doesn't know anybody where the truth is not everybody knows everybody mm-hmm. in that room um, and so that's probably an easier way but the other thing is is just come by and see we will always have somebody by the door to welcome you there's always going to be somebody there to sit next to you talk to you ask you about yourself and and just take great joy and attention in in you because mm-hmm. you matter
2: well, I'm really excited about the, the new digs up there. Yeah. It's uh it's gonna be so cool. I know even like um on Holy Thursday, um, the room was packed and people down the hallways and I think that's what I'm looking most forward to is you right. know, just to see everyone in one spot adoring the Lord. Oh yeah. It's yeah. just very cool. It's up gonna there. be great. Yeah. So how can our listeners learn more about what's going on? You've talked about um you know, inviting the children or children, adults. I'm a grandma, a mom, so you can tell, right? Um, these these wonderful students. Um, how can how can our listening area? How can people support the Newman Center and all the great things that are going on?
3: Right. So we have our banquet season coming up. Um, and so we'll have banquets in uh, Dickinson, Bismarck, and then Fargo. The first one, I believe, is in Dickinson on September 22nd. So any listeners out in that region uh, can definitely uh, go to our website, bisoncatholic.org, and find out more details about that. And then I think two weeks later is Bismarck, and then two weeks later is the Fargo banquet. So that's one way that just the listeners can support us in our work, is getting connected with those opportunities. Um, and then the other thing is simply prayer. Um, prayer is going to drive this whole train for us. And so please pray for us, pray for our ministries, pray for the students uh, because they need it. And there is a battle going on for the heart and souls of these college students. And I noticed it a lot more this year than any other past years that I've ever worked in campus ministry, that um, the devil is really at work. Uh, whether it's through through dress or through language or just through the concerns the students have on campus. So please pray for these students because there's a spiritual battle going on for their hearts and souls, and we desperately want to reach them to bring them into this life and this hope that that we offer.
2: Well, Nathan, we thank you so much for joining us this morning. It's been a fantastic conversation. And Yeah. yeah, thank you for all the good work you're doing up there and the whole staff. And God bless those students. We're going to take a quick break, but on the other side of the break, uh, we'll be discussing fun ways to preserve Bible herbs, foods, and spices with Rita Heikenfeld. Stay tuned.
0: Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.